0: In this episode, we discuss what is dialogic leadership and why leading in a dialogic way matters in today's workplace. Welcome to another episode of All Things OD, where I'm here to help you offer more, be more, and live more, whether you're serving as an OD practitioner, change management professional, or business transformation consultant. I'm your host, Randall Scott, and it's great to be with you here today. As mentioned in today's episode, we're going to discuss what it means to lead in a dialogic-based way. Additionally, we'll discuss why it matters that we learn how to lead in a dialogic way. And I'll share five compelling reasons to start practicing dialogic leadership beginning right away. Now, before we begin, I want to offer you a free resource that complements our discussion today, and that is a free 90-minute workshop on 10 strategies that you can use to elevate, revitalize, and transform your career. If you've been wanting to develop yourself professionally, but lacked either the time or money, then this capability development training is for you. You can access the free training at henosispartners.com workshop, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can click on the link in the description below. All right, let's jump in. Alright, we begin by first defining what is dialogic leadership. Dialogic leadership is a way of leading and facilitating that evolved from the core principles of the field of dialogue, and specifically Bohmian dialogue, after the famous physicist David Bohm. And the essence of dialogic leadership, or Bohmian dialogue, is about inquiry. Inquiry that surfaces ideas, perceptions, and understandings that people do not already have. Dialogic leadership is a way of leading and facilitating transformative social and organizational change by transforming the contexts, the environment within which people work and live, to dissolve fragmentation and to bring about people's collective intelligence and wisdom. Dialogic leadership is also a way of leading and facilitating qualitatively better forms of listening, conversing, and being. So, for example, with listening, we go from downloading, where we're not listening at all, to participating more in a generative flow and listening for what wants to emerge from the field. With conversing, it's the difference from engaging in a debate to participating in more of a reflective inquiry. And with regards to being, this reflects a shift from serving more in a me-thinking, acting, and being mode to serving more in a we-thinking, acting, and being mode. And lastly, dialogic leadership is a way of leading and facilitating inner system development in oneself and in others. This is about developing one's self-awareness of one's mental models, that is, one's values, assumptions, and expectations, in life. It's about exposing one's limiting beliefs, cognitive biases, and behavioral triggers for challenge and possible revision. And it reflects a self-awareness of one's thinking and acting, and including the thinking process itself. So this is what it means to lead in a dialogic-based way. Next, we address why it matters that we learn how to lead in a dialogic way, and I'll share with you five compelling reasons to start practicing dialogic leadership today. So the first compelling reason to start practicing dialogic leadership today is to solve for complex adaptive challenges. You see, increasingly, complex adaptive challenges are the variety of challenges we're being asked to solve for today. And such challenges will only accelerate in the future due to ever-increasing interdependencies and interconnections globally, organizationally, and even locally at individual level. To solve for complex adaptive challenges, it requires bringing together Several diverse others with remarkably different perspectives and point of views to both highlight the issues, challenges, or problems, and ultimately identify potential solutions to resolve such issues, challenges, or problems. Solving for complex adaptive challenges are high risk affairs, and dialogue is the best, maybe only way, to create breakthroughs of a transformative nature due to the inherent conflict and tension that results when bringing highly diverse others together to problem solve. And our intention here is to leverage conflict as an instrument of change, as opposed to destroying the potential for change. And so we leverage dialogue to both expose difference and later leverage difference, versus our default human tendency, which is to defend difference. And lastly, we leverage dialogue to help us harness the collective intelligence and wisdom of the group when solving for complex adaptive challenges. Another reason to start practicing dialogic leadership today is to help transform limiting beliefs and patterns of both oneself and in others. You see, dialogue is the gateway, the portal or aperture through which we expose and understand one's self and others' limiting beliefs, underlying assumptions, and cognitive biases. And we expose one's thinking for both challenge and hopefully possible revision. And in doing this, it creates opportunity to initiate the macro change sequence of creating a shared understanding, which leads to shared intentions, aligned actions, and ultimately transforming relationships all along the way. So, through dialogue, We are creating a self-awareness in oneself and in others on the thinking process itself, what I refer to as the thought factory, which then enables suspending and redirecting one's thoughts and actions to focus on others' thoughts to obtain a better understanding of the whole of things to transform the whole of things. Another reason to start practicing dialogic leadership today is to uncover and unlock the hidden creative potential of organizations. You see, dialogue, which implies active listening, leads often to greater innovations. And this is due to dialogue producing or generating whole system thinking and whole system ideating. To say it differently, dialogue creates an opening for new ideas, connections, and alliances to be born. Such ideas, connections, and alliances are socially constructed through the dialogue of diverse others coming together to share, to listen, and to learn, resulting in broadened thinking, a thinking together, new and divergent thinking, novel connections and combinatory thoughts, new possibilities and opportunities, and self-rippling generative images, such as the generative image of sustainable development. Collectively, such adaptive new behaviors reflect enormous untapped creative potential. And it is from this potential that organizational effectiveness and competitive advantages are born. Advantages, I might add, that accrue faster than through leveraging any other change method possible. Yet another compelling reason to start practicing dialogic leadership today is to overcome our hidden individual and collective cognitive blind spots. You see, collectively for each of us, how we think, act, and feel is a function of what we see in life. We refer to what we see in life as our frames of reference, or as I like to say, our lenses of life. And our frames of reference is made up of our lived history, the experiences that we have in life represents our biography in life. The trouble is, such frames of reference, or lenses of life, serve to constrain us. That is, they reflect a narrow view. Such view can be thought of as our horizon window, or our boundary structure. And it's within that horizon window and boundary structure that we determine what we attend to, and therefore what we dismiss. And so then anything outside of the horizon window or boundary structure represents cognitive blind spots for us. And so this is where dialogue can help us overcome our hidden individual and collective blind spots. As when we enter a group dialogue, our seeing reflects a rather narrow view. But upon leaving a dialogue, our seeing has expanded, it has widened, or shifted our horizon window or boundary structure. And so this is the power of dialogue. Where when you bring diverse others together to share their perspectives and points of view, In the spirit of a dialogue, it allows individuals to shift their seeing, and ultimately their thinking, acting, and feeling, to serve in more constructive ways. That is, to create a shared understanding of things, a shared intention, and ultimately aligned actions. As I like to say, it is in the shifts that great things happen. And a final compelling reason to start practicing dialogic leadership today is to engage the future, the edges, to transform the present. You see, the world is changing faster than at any other time in human history. Consider the timeline of when the printing press was first developed in the 1400s, and the next major innovation came over 200 years later with the introduction of the telescope. From that moment, we've seen an increased pace of innovation across the globe, from the steam engine in the 1750s to the telegraph in the 1800s to the introduction of automobiles and telephones in the early 1900s. And from that moment, we see almost a geometric increase in the pace of change, from the development of the personal computer to cell phones and DVDs to the rise of social media like Google. YouTube and Facebook, to the rise of driverless cars and delivery drones, to where we are today with the introduction of artificial intelligence and tools like ChatGPT. And so, to stay ahead of change, we need to engage the edges where change is occurring the fastest. So, one way we engage the future is to engage the edges of our organization. It is at the edges of an organization where we find our innovators, our skunk work teams, where we find our first adopters. We engage the future by engaging the edges of the industry, of the organizations that we're working with. As at industry edge, we find the most innovative of companies. And lastly, we can engage the future by looking at the edges of the ecosystem within which our organization operates, and even beyond. So in each of these instances, we engage the edges for insights, and pull such insights back to the present to transform the present. And in doing that, it prepares the organization for multiple, plausible futures. In short, it helps an organization to capitalize on the emerging future. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you found the content in this episode helpful. Please share your comments below, and if you like this video, hit the subscribe button and click the bell to get notified of all future weekly episodes. Also. Don't forget to get your free resource. If you're watching on YouTube, click the link in the description below or visit hanosispartners.com workshop. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.